This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, an organization ran by federal employees has a few suggestions on how to achieve equal pay. A new development in a lawsuit against the largest federal employees union. And other military components are following the Defense Department's lead on vaccine mandates. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. New recommendations to the Office of Personnel Management from a federal employee-run organization are trying to close the pay gaps between men and women and among racial groups. The DOJ Gender Equality Network wrote to OPM Director Kieran Ahuja outlining three regulatory or policy changes the agency could make today to address these issues. The 1,000-person organization says OPM should issue a regulation that prohibits agencies from using an employee salary history to set their new salary. DOJ Gen says OPM could require agencies to conduct pay audits to identify gaps, and OPM could also provide basic guidance for how to eliminate pay inequities. Equal employment opportunity complaints for federal workplace medical and disability accommodations were common even before the pandemic. Supervisors often don't check their own agency's policies before making decisions that open the door for liability. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has new guidance on things like vaccination status, though. The commission also highlighted examples of retaliation, discrimination and other complaints in the latest federal sector legal update this week. A federal court has put significant boundaries around a wide-ranging lawsuit alleging sexual misconduct and financial malfeasance by the former leader of the biggest federal labor union. Wednesday's ruling dismissed many of the claims the plaintiffs made against the American Federation of Government Employees and its former president, J. David Cox. Cox and AFGE still face some potential liability, but the court dismissed several counts in the lawsuit and decided the claims don't implicate the 13 other AFGE officials the plaintiffs accused of enabling Cox's alleged wrongdoing doing. Winners of this year's Service to America medals program won't be revealed for a few more weeks, but two finalists have wowed the crowd. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Anna Inahosa and Eric Choi, both employees of Customs and Border Protection, received the most votes in what the Sammy's program sponsor calls the People's Choice Award. Choi and Inahosa oversee enforcement against companies attempting to import Chinese goods made by forced labor. The Partnership for Public Service releases winners from among a field of 36 finalists sometime in late September. I'm Tom Temin. The Defense Department is preparing to require vaccinations for all active duty service members. Now other military components say they will follow suit. Federal News Network Scott Massioni reports. The Coast Guard and the National Guard say they're prepared to require service members to take the COVID-19 vaccination once the Pentagon mandates the shot. The two components combined will require about half a million more people to take the inoculation. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says he wants to make the vaccine mandatory by mid-September at the latest. To date, about 74% of active duty Coast Guard members are vaccinated. Last week, the Coast Guard said it would restrict travel for unvaccinated service members. Scott Massioni, 
Federal News Network. The Army's Criminal Investigation Command will be led by a civilian for the first time in its history. Army officials say they've hired Gregory Ford as the new CID director. Ford joins the Army after 16 years in the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, where he last served as Deputy Director for Operations. The change follows reform recommendations from the independent panel that investigated Army criminal justice practices after Vanessa Guillen's murder at Fort Hood. One of the panel's recommendations was to put a civilian leader in charge of the criminal investigative process. Airmen will now be able to stick their hands in their pockets. The Air Force is making changes to some of its uniform policies. The service says airmen need to use their pockets to keep their hands warm, especially in areas with freezing temperatures. The new policies also get rid of a rule that prohibited airmen from walking while drinking water or talking on a cell phone. Airmen can now put morale patches on their operational camouflage uniforms as well. The Air Force now has its own research center for quantum information science. The Air Force Research Laboratory will work with industry partners and universities to advance quantum technologies across the Air Force and Space Force. Applications will include quantum-enhanced clocks and navigation, as well as quantum communications and networks. The Air Force Research Laboratory's Information Directorate will receive fiscal 2020 funds from the National Defense Authorization Act to help conduct this research. The State Department still needs to improve its IT acquisition process, despite some progress. An audit from the Office of Inspector General revealed that the department addressed some of the recommendations the IG made in 2016, but new issues have surfaced. More specifically, auditors found that the Bureau of Information Resource Management has not performed a benchmark assessment of its entire IT portfolio and that the CIO did not review and approve all IT contracts. These shortfalls may prevent the State Department from identifying cost-saving opportunities. Customs and Border Protection is ahead of schedule with its cloud migration. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has those details. CBP Chief Information Officer Sonny Bagualia says agency officials expected to have about 32% of about 270 applications migrated to the cloud this year. At this point, he says the agency has about 45% of its applications already there. But he says the toughest work is yet to come. But now it gets harder as we get into high-value assets. These are not commercial off-the-shelf available systems that sort of process trade travel and other national security things of our country. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Top Republicans on the Senate Finance and Judiciary Committees asked the IRS what it's done to track down the source of sensitive data leaks. Senators Mike Crapo and Chuck Grassley asked IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick whether leaked taxpayer information included in a recent ProPublica story was the product of an external or internal data breach at the agency. The senators say none of the agencies investigating have told Congress that a major information security incident took place. The senators are asking whether IRS met all of its cyber incident reporting requirements under the Federal Information Security Modernization Act. Lawmakers pressed the White House to clarify cybersecurity roles across government. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has more. Don't forget to save a seat at the cyber table for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's the message from a bipartisan group of House lawmakers in a new letter to Chris Inglis, the White House's National Cyber Director. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Betty Thompson, Ranking Member John Katko, and two other lawmakers ask Inglis about how he will ensure there's consistency and coordination across CISA, his office, and the Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technologies in the White House. Lawmakers ask for a briefing by September 10th. 
Jason Miller, Federal News Network. And the Fish and Wildlife Service wants to keep Native American tribal contact information in one up-to-date, easy-to-find place. A new tribal contact database would include basic contact information as well as cultural information. The database would be used for outreach and program services information. It would also begin in the it would begin in the Fish and Wildlife Service's southwest region and eventually expand nationwide. Public comment on the plan is open through October 12th. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.